Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. Thanks for joining us today for an inspiring message from our West location. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. So good, Pastor Brittany. How's everyone doing tonight? Good? Come on, it's 2020. 2019's finished. You might have had a horrible year. It's 2020. It's a new year. We're only a week in. Life can't be that bad yet, guys. Just relax a little bit. It's good. It's great to see some of you guys. Um, I, if I haven't met you before, as Brittany said, my name's Stephen. Thank you. Um, and we're the location pastors here, and, and we're excited about um, you guys being here. We're excited about what God's doing in the city. We believe the best things uh, for Calgary have, have yet to happen, and there's going to be a mighty move of God pouring out His love in a new way, and we get to be a, a part of that um, here in East Village, and it's an awesome thing. So we're going to be uh, kicking off a new series tonight, actually, called Embrace the Awkward. So if it's your first time here, we do series, we do topics um, where we tend to just unpack a little bit of what the, the Word of God says about things. Often we only scratch the surface because we don't believe in just on a Sunday that we're in the Word. We believe to be in that during the week and talking about it at dinner parties, in, in connect groups. Wow, that white's a bright screen. Woo! Um, I might need some sunglasses later on, but it's going to be awesome. Um, and so you're here on a great night to be here. But I did just want to uh, give a big thank you again to everybody who was involved in the Studio Bell service, and you guys uh, just did amazing. Every time I think that the team's here and the volunteers and you guys uh, can't, can't get any better, you just go above and beyond, and, and it was amazing. So thank you for giving so much time um, and, and effort into that and, and sacrificing uh, for some people even being in the service so that other people could come in. You're amazing. We love you guys. Thank you so much for doing that. And I also just wanted to say a big thank you as well to those who have um, reached out. In regards to uh, most of you guys might have heard there's Australia, where, where I'm from, there's a lot of fires happening at the moment. And uh, I, some of you guys have, have reached out to see if um, my family was affected and everything. So where I'm from in Tasmania has got the, the least of the fires, fortunately. Um, but they, they are still there. There's uh, I was FaceTiming my my mother and father the other day and um, they showed me the, out the windows and smoke from the, the main island has, has come over and it's uh, really quite a, a situation there. So um, please be praying for Australia and, and some of our churches there, C3 have been affected, there's a lot going on but, um, but you know, I, I believe as we gather and, and pray and as we pray in our own time, God can do something. Actually, would, you, would we just stand and pray in this place now? I'd love to just lift up that, that place and that, uh, that God would, would move and change wherever. So if, if you're comfortable just praying out loud, let's just pray and uh, I'll just pray. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord God, that you're, you're an awesome God who has good things, Lord God. You don't like seeing people in distress, in, in situations that aren't nice. So we pray for the nation of Australia right now. We pray for rain to come on that place, Lord God. We pray for the firefighters, the families that are affected, the houses that are uh, you know in risk right now. We pray for miracles to take place, Lord God. We pray for unity in that nation that 
the nation wouldn't divide in this moment, but they would come together, Lord, and your protection would be upon everybody. Lord, we lift up our churches, our C3 churches and other ones in the communities that are affected, God. We thank you that you give them wisdom in um, helping the communities. You give them direction in how they can be a blessing and how they can uh, help with what's going on, Lord God. And we pray that the fires would stop in the name of Jesus, the rain would come, and you would rebuild that nation. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And uh, continue to pray pray for that because it's a horrible situation. I don't know if you've seen the, the photos of, of what's happening there, but it's, it's really nasty. And, um, but our God's awesome, and, and He can do a great thing. And, and in that, uh, God can work all things together for good. It's amazing to hear about how some people are pulling together and being generous and, um, and you know, people who are uh, really displaying the love of God through what's taking place, but, but we, don't, we don't want that to go on. But um, it's awesome. Just say it's awesome. 2020, I'm feeling good about 2020. Yeah, I've decided it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. I hope you've decided it's going to be a good year for you too. It's, um, we've got to go in with a mindset that says it's a new year. It's a new day. God has new things. The situation you're in right now doesn't need to be the situation that 2020 ends with, but you can actually get breakthrough in that. And, and uh, as we start this series tonight, Brittany's already talked a little bit about a culture that we have here as C3 is community. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. There's so many things I, I wanted to start 2020 with. Vision's a great one to start with and all these kinds of things. But I really felt a couple months ago in, in prepping um, in advance that, that uh, God wanted us to, as C3 East Village, look at this culture of community and relationship, friendships. This is a culture that we have as C3 Church. But really, it's, a, it's a, a culture, a desire in every single person, whether we admit it or not, that we want to be a part of something. We want to be surrounded by people who understand us, who get what's going on, who, who will encourage us in our dreams, who will not pull us down, but will lift us up. Am I, just, am I the only one here? I think we all want that kind of thing. And I believe it's actually something that God's written inside of us, relationship. Uh, community, to be a part of something. So we're going to look at that for, for a month, uh, minus next week when we're going to hear from Pastor Phil Pringle uh, for his, uh, on, on the video. He's going to be speaking on prayer every few months. Uh, the founder of C3 Church and uh, the, the global uh, overseers have a message they want to bring out to all the churches. So next week, that's going to be amazing. And then the weeks after that, we're going to continue to pick up on Embrace the Awkward, a culture of community and connection. Because, let's face it, People are awkward. Community is awkward sometimes. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't engage and dive into it. So let's get going. I'm pumped for it. Here's a, a sound bite for us to get our feathers ruffled in the new year. We, um, I believe the Bible teaches us experience, and experience shows us that community, or maybe better put, uh, friendship, is as important in our spiritual growth as teaching, prayer, the Bible, worship, and the sacraments. Friendship is just as important in our spiritual growth. Just, just waiting to see any religious manifestation. No, it's good. We're good. Okay, let me keep going. Good friendships can bring just as much glory to God as signs, miracles, and wonders. And I believe having healthy friendships will can actually 
make or break whether we step into the destiny that God has for us on this planet, the people that we surround ourselves with. That's why we're looking at community. Proverbs 13 verse 20. Proverbs is a book in the Bible of, of wisdom statements, um, but, but it's the word of God. And, and it says, yeah, in verse 20, uh, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. My translation of that is you won't fly like an eagle if you're surrounded by turkeys. <laughs> the people that we surround ourselves with is so important in our lives. I don't know if you've ever found yourselves in, in trouble um, or in, in a dark place in life. I, I know I have at times. And often I can correlate that with a time that I was surrounding myself with not the right people or I was isolating myself from the right people. We need each other. We need relationships. We need friendships in our life. You may have heard the quote before, um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that relates back to that proverb. Who are the people that we're surrounding ourselves with in 2020? Who are the people who are going to give us wisdom and, and not uh, bring us down? Like that proverb says, the companion of fools will suffer harm. Those who we surround ourselves with will either lift us up or bring us down. Acts chapter 2, this is the scripture that I, uh, I really want to camp out on tonight. Um, verse 42, this is, uh, the context of this is that, you know, at Christmas time, we celebrated, whew, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Faith, on the screens. I can see you guys now. It's beautiful. Um, the, what's going on, just like at Christmas time, we, we celebrated that, that God has shown up. He's come to earth as a baby. He was born. Um, our God's the God that shows up. And he came, and now he's lived his life, and he's done his three years of, of ministry confirming the prophetic nature about him, that he was the son of God. He performed miracles, wonders, walked with people, showed how what true love looks like. Um, and and he's, he's gone to the cross on our behalf. Our only way to get to the Father is through Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. And so now, the, out of that, um, he's come back. He's empowered the believers those who believe in Jesus, that Jesus was who he said he was and did what he said he did, he's empowered them. And then we pick it up here in, in Acts 2 when the, the early church, the early believers uh, are starting to come together and, and God's starting to move through the, uh, the community of people that he's bringing together. It says in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow, what an amazing picture, hey? I love that that's how the church, that's what the church was birthed in. The culture of the church was community, was coming together. Often when we talk about community, you know, it can be um, brushed over very quickly or, or a, a preacher or a pastor can say, so come to church, turn up. It's a good idea to turn up, but that's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about the community that you have in your life, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. I hope that this would be a, a part of that and you would meet people here. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at, tonight we're kind of going to look at the why we need community. But over the next couple of weeks, I want to look at the how. Because I think 
something that the enemy's done in our life is he's tried to um, isolate and stunt our spiritual growth by us all being a little bit afraid, a little bit awkward about how we're meant to interact with people, how we're meant to um, be in community. It's funny, I often uh, work out of the, the public library, the central library, great place to work, but I see a whole bunch of people who want to come together and be around people, but we all have our headphones in because we don't want to talk to anyone. It's the strangest dynamic. It's like we want to have community, we want to be around people, but we don't quite know how to do it. That's what we're going to look at in the next couple of weeks, but I want to give us the why before I talk about the how. So, so like I said, one of our cultures and our emphasis here at, at C3 is community, is dinner parties, is connect groups, is being in the things, uh, being around on a Sunday after parties. And I hope it's somewhere that you would find within our C3 churches all over the world, community, genuine, sincere relationships. That's our, our goal. And, and I want us to um, not just say that here, but I want us to, to live that more and more, that C3 East Village would be a community-based church where we're in relationship together and we're impacting the community around us. Three things why we're looking at community this month is the first thing is because you and I are designed for it. We're designed for community. It's in our very fabric. It's, it's knitted into us to have relationships, to have friendships, to have um, camaraderie, to have companionship, to, to not do this life alone, but to do it with people. Genesis 1 verse 27 tells us that we're made in God's image, that when we're actually created, he created us in the image of God. What an amazing thing. Because um, a part of God's image that's revealed to us in the Bible is that he's relational. God is in relationship. The, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, a part of God's make, how he is, is relationship. And we are made in his image, therefore we are made for relationship, for community. The second reason we're looking at it uh, this month is because I believe we need it to truly grow. Yeah, we can grow in certain areas, but to grow in a well-balanced, um, holistic way, it takes place in community. It takes place in relationship and friendships. I see way too many people and way too many times... In our life, uh, our community, our relationships being the last thing on the priority list. When actually I believe we need to flip that around in 2020. It needs to be a priority. Who is the community that we're surrounding ourselves with? Who are the relationships we're going to work on? Yeah, I know we've got bills to pay. I know we've got jobs to advance in. I know we've got houses to buy, things that we want, dreams and desires, which are good things. But... Don't let them replace a priority of community in your life. We need it to truly grow. Sometimes I see people thinking it's a sign of maturity or, uh, or holiness to be independent. I don't need anybody. Just me and God, baby. It's us. We're just going for it. I would suggest that, well, yes, all you need is, is, is God in the eternal sense the way that he has designed us for this earth is to be with people it's not a sign of spiritual maturity to not need people in your life it's not a sign of spiritual maturity to be uh, prickly towards people or to be stoic and and so uh, so focused on God that you're not loving people around you 
In fact, Jesus says the two, the two things that we need to be concerned with, the two commands that he left for us was to what? To love God and to love people. We need to love people in our worlds. I believe 2020, we could all just let, let the love shine. Let it show. Show me the love, baby. Show me the love. It's an awesome thing. We need it. We need it to truly grow. I, I remember one time, um, not here at C3 East Village, but uh, in, a, in a different place, not at East Village, um, community where I was in, this lady came along to the church, and um, let's just say she wasn't the most warm person to be around. In fact, she was pretty mean to people. She was prickly. People didn't know whether to, um, you know, to speak to her or not because they didn't know what version they were going to get that day. Has anybody met this kind of, those kind of people? Um, she was rude to people. If you had achieved anything that week, well, she'd achieved something better and bigger. And if, you'd caught a, if you were fishing and she caught a fish this big, uh, you caught one this big, she would have caught one this big. And she had a way of cutting people down. And I remember trying to talk to her and, and let her know, hey, like, um, you're awesome. We love you. But like, some of the things that you're displaying, it's not really helping you engage in the community, but, but she didn't want to hear it. She thought that everybody else was the problem. It's a problem when we think that everybody else is the problem. Um, but I remember, so a few months into this, it clearly wasn't, wasn't working. And I remember just asking her one day, oh, so how are you doing? How's things going? That was my first mistake. I asked her how she was going. No, just kidding. But, um, but no, she let me have it that day. This community, this church, it's blah, 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 and it's not things, and I can't, no one's reached out to me in the three months I've been here, which, which is a lie. Um, you know, nobody's nice here, da, 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 and, and I, I remember just sitting there and going, oh, I, this is breaking my heart because you're saying you desire friendships, but your actions aren't actually lining up with that. You're desiring friends, but you can't even be friendly. You're desiring uh, a community that you can, can engage in, but you're doing everything in your actions to turn the community off wanting to talk to you. Newsflash. I know this is deep revelation for 2020 here on the first Sunday night. If you're mean, don't smile, don't use manners, constantly complain, be a Debbie Downer for everything. Can't see others' point of views in your world. Don't go out of your way to talk to anyone or sincerely uh, see how they're doing. Jesus loves you. God loves you fully. People probably aren't going to like being around you. Just saying. It takes two to tango. Community takes us coming forward and engaging in it and other people, the community, engaging back. But if we can't even use basic manners with each other, if we can't even use social skills with each other, don't expect to have an easy time engaging in community. We need it. The best way to make a friend is to be friendly. That's where it starts. Rant over. Please hear me. I, I know there's people here who you have struggled in 2019 getting engaged in community, having friendships. You felt very lonely, and it's not because you're one of those people. There's fears in your life. There's stuff that's happened to you, the way that things out of your control that's shaped you to have anxieties, to have um, awkwardness, to not know how to interact with people, to put up uh, walls in your life that would, would stop you from maybe getting hurt again or maybe reaching out because you can't deal with that pain or you've tried that before and you've been rejected or whatever it is. I'm, that's not you I'm talking about in that setting. 
I believe that God this month has breakthrough for you and that he can help you break some of those um, old mindsets that 2019, 2018, 2017, those things that have happened to you that have made it hard for you to be in community and that over the next few weeks we're going to learn how you can best uh, enter into the relationships that God's designed you for because he has friends for you. He has friendships that are going to help you grow this year. You don't, I, I don't believe God's heart is for anybody in this place to be lonely, to be estranged from your family, to be uh, in relationships that would pull you down. I believe his heart is to have great people for you that are going to help you step into your destiny. Ecclesiastes 4, chapter 9, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Proverbs 27, verse 17 As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. We need it. And thirdly, why we're uh, talking about it this this month is the Bible is just rich with stories of amazing friendships. Whether it's um, Job and his three friends who who show up. Now, these guys get a bad rap, right? They give bad advice. Here's, Here's a thing I've learned in my life. I have some amazing friends, many of you guys here. At times, we all have friends, good friends, who give bad advice. But his friend showed up. That'll preach. There's something in that. Sometimes the best thing about a friend is just showing up. But there's amazing things. There's things like Moses and Aaron who are um, complementing each other's gifts and, and leadership and structure. And where one's weak, the other one's filling that in. And there's an amazing friendship there. David and Jonathan, two guys with a unique brotherly friendship that makes maybe some alpha males uncomfortable in different ways because we're so good at not uh, having walls between people but they had this amazing friendship that that you know they went um it was you know it was like they were they went related but they were family they were brothers they would die for each other they would lay down their life they would they grew each other amazing friendship taking place Naomi and Ruth and and Paul with with all the people in his letters that he thanks. Show me someone in the New Testament who did life alone. You can't, you can't really find it. New Testament Christianity is community. And Paul, in every one of his letters, is thanking people and saying, make sure you pass on my greetings to so-and-so who was so nice. It's, it's about community. That's what the New Testament is about, about living and our identity in Christ out, but living it through community. And there's amazing friendships to learn from. So... Th- Intro over. It's okay. We'll get there tonight. That, that's the three reasons why we're looking at that this month. And I'm excited for it. The heart of, of myself and, and Pastor Brittany, as the pastors of C3 East Village, it boils down to I want you to have friends. I want you to have good friends. I want you to make friends here. I want you to be able to make friends in your workplaces, in your schools, wherever it might be. And, and I want you to be friends to those in need. Those who need a friend, we can be that. I want us to be more than a church that's just friendly. I want us to be friend makers. Amen? And I believe we can learn to be better at making friends. We can learn social skills. We can learn that kind of stuff. But we need to understand the the why behind it. I had to learn how to be a part of a community. Um, I didn't grow up in a a church setting. And and I had a great family, but uh, we were very close as a family. But then when I gave my life to Jesus and um, started coming along to church, something really strange happened. I, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. 
Um, I just got a really bad Charlie horse on the keyboard just then. So if I, if I hop around for a second, it's just wearing off. Um, I don't know if this happened to you when you came along to a, a church. Um, people started talking to me that I didn't know. What did they want? They wanted to know how I was doing, how my week was. What is this crazy thing called church? And I remember coming in one day, and, and I was only a 14-year-old teenager at the time, so that's awkward enough as it is, right, being a 14-year-old teenager, but you with a whole bunch of new people, and I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't feel like I knew what was going on. And I'll never forget one day I, I turned up to church, and none of my friends were there yet. Um, and an older gentleman came up to me and, and said, uh, he said, hey, how are you doing today? And I gave him the classic answer that shy people give sometimes, good. And I looked away. Maybe some of you guys did that to someone out there in the foyer before. Good. And I just remember him looking at me and smiling and saying, that, that's awesome, that's really good. I'm good too. Thank you for asking. And, um, and that was kind of, we had an awkward laugh, an awkward exchange. But then from that moment forward, I didn't know it at the time, but in hindsight, he took me on a journey of learning to be comfortable in community. He would include me in conversations. He would, he would teach me. He would question me week after week in a way that wouldn't allow me to give one-word answers. I couldn't get away with that anymore. And I'm so thankful that a guy went out of his way to love me enough to say, hey, like at the moment, you're not engaging in community, but I'm going to teach you how you can. We can learn social skills is my point. I read books on it every year because I want to keep improving. I want to keep being able to meet people. Um, John Maxwell has a couple great books on, on uh, people skills and communication. I'll say it for the podcast. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, again, from the Amplified Version. It says, they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instructions of the apostles and to fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. They, they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to friendships, to community. So we're going to break down a couple of these words. Fellowship's a word in the Bible that gets used a lot um, to describe community and gathering around together. And so biblically, fellowship is seen quite often, and that's what he's talking about here. Paul's saying that they're devoting themselves, dedicating themselves to fellowship, but we could say community. And a part of that was a bunch of different people coming together from different walks of life um, gathered around a similar goal or purpose. That's a part of fellowship. That's what we're doing, right? Like, we love Jesus. We're here gathered around that. We're, our weeks look a little bit different for some of us. Some of us um, maybe not, but other people are from very different walks of life. But we come together to fellowship over a certain thing. Think fellowship of the ring. Lord of the Rings, anybody? Fellowships of the, of the ring. The, the guys got together uh, around one purpose, to, to go and destroy the, the ring, the one ring to rule them all. And, um, and, but in that, so that we get that, right? But what the Bible speaks about with fellowship is not just gathering around a particular things, but when you look into the original language, it speaks of a, a richness and depth of friendship that happens while gathering around the goal, the purpose. It's not just about the thing, it actually speaks of relationship that comes out of that, of friendships that come out of that. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to, the, to fellowship, to friendships, to community. The thing is, 
often in our culture and in our growing up, we're not even aware of it. We're actually taught certain mannerisms, certain ideas, certain worldviews, especially in a Western context and especially in a, I know we have people from all different walks of life, but in a society that is generally privileged in comparison to the rest of the world, we actually develop worldviews and ideas and focuses in life that act exactly against the biblical definition of friendship and fellowship. And I, I want to look at just a couple of those. This is to get us thinking for the month and to get us understanding why there's so many more than this. But uh, I've, in prepping for this, uh, I've been reading a few books on, on the theology of friendships and biblical uh, relationships and community. And there's one particularly, uh, Becoming Friends by Paul J. Waddell. Uh, it's great. He's done a lot of the social, psychological, and theological work in putting this piece together about what does community mean, what does relationship and friendships mean, and the importance of them. And he gives a lot of insight, but he gives two points particularly of things that we've all probably grown up in, regardless of um, age or anything like that, in our world, that would fight against biblical friendship. And there are two worldviews, or two um, world focuses that people have, okay? The first one is consumerism. We, we live in a consumerism society, a, a, a consumption. What, what can I have? What can I, uh, you know, just give me more, feed me more, feed me more, that like consumerism and materialism. And he'd say that these two things, whether the best of, even the best of us here, even the most holy of us, of which I am not one, I'm talking to you holy people out there, the ones who are a lot more angelic than me, um, have been influenced by this in some form or another. Consumerism and materialism. And, uh, and he says, that the, the reason that, so Paul uh, Wardell says here, two of the reasons why this affects our friendships, this affects our ability to engage in community and to engage in, in particularly those, those good people, those wise people, those eagles that we want to surround ourselves with, not those turkeys, um, is that, Consumerism and materialism tells us that friendship is primarily about fulfilling my needs and my wants. When the Bible tells us that it's actually about caring for the good and, and the well-being of another person is the person, is the purpose. And the second thing is it tells us that stuff is more important than relationships. I know we wouldn't say it. I know we wouldn't say it here at Sid Fierce Village, but we're all affected by this a little bit. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna work really hard for this amount of time, and and then I'll worry about friendships after the the five year degree's finished, or the dream job's done, or I've got that boat. I guess we're in Calgary, but a boat for the lake, um, <laughs> that house, that thing, that next thing that I can get, and our actions actually would stop us because we're tr chasing after the stuff, the things or the status that a community gives us, when actually it's not about that. Fellowship is not about that. And the exciting thing for me, as followers of Christ, as people who have we've found our identity in, in Him and not in the things of this world, we actually don't have to approach life from the culture of this world. But we get to from the culture of heaven, the kingdom culture that says people matter over stuff. Things matter. The people in my life matter more than status or fame or whatever it might be that we might be chasing after. 
And we get to have grace and mercy and uh, love for each other, even through the awkward, difficult times that community brings. Because it's, e- it's a lot easier to forgive others when we know that we've been forgiven of much. We can display that. We can, we can display that in our friendships. So, so anyway, so let's break going. That's fellowship. But they devoted, dedicated, committed, fervently clung onto is a translation that I read as well of that to, to fellowship. Um, that was one of the paraphrases. I didn't write it down. But it's funny. Why do you have to devote yourself to something? Right? Like, especially something like friendship. Shouldn't that just be easy? Like, it should just be organic, man. Like, organic. It should be, should be just happen. Oh, no, it's not just happening. Well, it can't be real. No, like it says, the Bible says they actually dedicated themselves. And, and you know, it says teaching. But before it says to prayer, before it says to, to any of that, it actually says to, to fellowship, to coming together, to, to being with each other. So what is dedication? I, I think I wanted to demonstrate that by just taking us outside of the context of friendship because I think we get um, what dedication is in, in other fields, right? We know someone who's very dedicated to their, their art or their, the musicians are very dedicated clearly because of their talent um, to, to, to their, you know, what do you call it? Their axe, man, their drums, their, their keyboard, whatever it is. Um, they're dedicated to that. Or, um, or athletes are extremely dedicated, Olympic champions. There's, I don't know if you've heard of the story of Karen Bjorn. The gymnast? Oh, let me tell you the story. It doesn't sound like you've heard it. Um, Karen was, was a, a guy, and so from a very young age, from as early as any of his family can remember, he had a desire to be an Olympic champion in gymnastics. So right from, um, I don't know if his first words was gymnastics, but, you know, right from an early age, they identified that, and, and he had a lot of potential. But at age 10, um, he went in for surgery for a, a tumor that was in his leg, a, a cancerous tumor, but they caught it early and it was meant to be, you know, a, a pretty straightforward procedure and he was going to be able to continue his, his training. By age 10, he'd already been, um, you know, spotted by the sports academies and they were really training and pouring into him. But during it, something awful happened, something went wrong during surgery and he woke up from heavy um, anesthetic screaming in pain because of the nerve damage that happened to him at 10 years old. Something went wrong and his dreams were stolen from him. Um, he was in a, in a wheelchair at that point, and doctors said, look, the best thing, maybe the greatest thing you'll be able to achieve in life is by the time you're an adult, you might be able to, to walk around with a cane. You might be able to limp around. Your dreams are over. Give up. But he had the right people around him, and he, and he had a dedication. He committed himself to physio. Obviously, he had time off school, and, and he worked and worked and worked. And, and a few years later, he was actually back in the gym. He was back doing gymnastics again, and he was on track. Yeah, he'd been delayed by a couple years, but he was dedicated to, to his craft. He was committed. He put in the hours that it took. But then, at training one day, he slipped off the bar, hit his head, and got a fracture in his brain. Second setback in his, his pursuit of this thing that he had, his desire that he had to do. And, um, and you know, he, he had started to get concussions so bad that he would just blink and through the process of just blinking, that could set him off, that he would black out completely and lose his memory of that day. Just by blinking. This is how bad it was. His dreams were over again. But Karen was dedicated. He was devoted. He was fervently and passionately chasing after his dream. So hour, minute after minute, hour after hour, day after day, 
he, he started to train again, got, ma- got back into that place where, um, you know, he was able to, to get through a training session without blacking out. And, and, you know, he's about 15 years old now, 16 years old. Um, you know, he's showing great dedication, amazing dedication. They started to say, oh, maybe he's got hope again. Maybe he will be able to represent his country. But then, at the European Championship for Gymnastics, the qualifier, he snapped his knee. This was his chance. This is the third setback. I, I don't know about you guys. Like, I, I can get pretty focused on things. I can get pretty dedicated. But I, I may have probably given up at that point. His dreams, again, were taken from him. They were starting to say, you're, you're too injured. You're too old. Um, it's taking too long. Again, you've got another injury. Just give up. But Karen credits his parents and, and, uh, and his, his extended family in telling him, hey, you can do this. You've done it before. You've worked through it. You've just got to be dedicated to it. Anyway, you can see where I'm going with this, I think. Long story, not even short, but shorter. <laughs> Karen never gave up. He, he, he stayed dedicated hour and hour after hour, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year in the gym, getting back to it. In 2012, Karen went on to, and he qualified for the London Olympics. His dream had come true. He achieved his dream. That's amazing, isn't it? What an amazing story of dedication, of commitment, of, of chasing after, of holding on to something. We get that, don't we? We love those stories. I don't know about you. I love those stories. It makes me want to go out and be Rocky Balboa up on the stairs, just, you know, take on the world. Why is it then when we apply that word dedication or commitment to community or to friendship, we try to change the meaning? We try to water it down. We try to redefine it. Because I believe the Bible says that, that that's the same commitment that we're meant to have to the people in our world, to developing community, to developing friendships in our life. We need to put that kind of dedication in the context of our relationships. Again, I don't want you to hear this, this I'm talking about just here at church. I'm talking about in our everyday life. Is there people that have hurt you some way is there people that have you've had an argument with you've had a falling out obviously I'm not talking about abuse obviously I'm not talking about extreme examples I'm talking about a dedication to the relationships to friendships or to finding friends in our world like Karen's that even if we have a setback we'd keep going forward even if it's going to take longer than we thought it would like it did for Karen we would continue to be dedicated to pursuing community dedicated to pursuing fellowship that when times got tough, when that injury happens, when that knee snaps or something happens, someone looks at you the wrong way, gives you the stink eye, someone says words that are mean, that we'd be dedicated, committed enough to not let us take us out, to not let it stop us from ever opening up to somebody again, not to stop us from finding friendships, to working on our social skills, to, to seeking after that, that richness and that beauty that the Bible speaks of about fellowship, about friendship about community. That's what I want us to think about as we go into 2020, is what are the relationships in my life like currently? And hear this, right? I don't mean this as a joker or to flippantly say this, but do we actually have friends? Now, I'm not talking about acquaintances. I'm not talking about people who fluff our pillows, but I'm talking about friends for us that would, that would show up, that would speak to us, that would help us. And if you don't, 
That's not something to feel bad about. But I believe we can pray. We can begin to work. We can seek. We can desire and search for a people that we can do life with. But it may take you stepping out of the box this year and saying, and introducing yourself to someone, maybe even after church today. It may take you inviting somebody for a coffee or over for dinner. It may take you coming along to one of the dinner parties at church, or it may take you in your workplace um, being willing to give somebody another chance, even though they just have some characteristics that, you know, that aren't quite perfect like you might be, just saying. But I believe that we're going to be dedicated to finding the relationships, the community, the fellowship that God has for each one of us in our world. Because it's there. I promise you it's there if, if we seek after his eyes to see it. And we approach it humbly, not with the wrong motives, but with a desire and a knowledge that God wants us in community. So my hope is that we'd reflect, take seriously, and prioritize community and friendships this year. If you're feeling lonely, feeling like you don't have that ability or know how to make friendships, understand, like I said, you can, you can learn that. You can become more confident, and you won't always be lonely, friend. This is a season... And I know it's tough. I've been in periods of loneliness in my life. Sometimes you can have a lot of people around you and you can still feel lonely. But with God, we're actually never alone. And that's the beauty of it, that we can approach. We might be lonely in the, in the natural and we have feelings, but we need to step back and go, with God, I'm never alone. Actually, everything I need can be found in Him. My identity can be found in Him. Therefore, I can approach community in a way that says, even if I get rejected, even if it's a little bit awkward, like me pointing to the screen when it's not there, even when it's in, we're embracing the awkward, even when we're, and I thank you for that, Faith, because it was really blinding me, so I appreciate what you've done there. Um, even when we embrace that awkward and it gets a little bit tough, God's with us. The best friend that we can ever have is right there with us. You don't have to worry. It's okay. Pick yourself up. Go and do it again. Try again, because the best friend you can have is God, and he's with us. I love that, um, and as the band comes back and as we conclude, um, Jesus is speaking to his disciples at the end of his, uh, his kind of his, his ministry. And um, I believe it's in John 13. He, he's talking to them and he's kind of preparing them that, look, I'm not going to be with you guys forever. My time's coming to an end here. And he says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. That's what he calls us today, friends. And another thing that he goes on to say is the world's going to know you. They're going to see you. They're going to know that you're a follower of me. He doesn't say by the miracles that you perform. The miracles are great. He doesn't say by how many Bible verses you memorize, although I'd hope you'd memorize more Bible verses this year. He's not going to say by the things you achieve, the car that you drive, the house that you have, um, how many people you even led to me. He doesn't say any of that. He says they're going to know you by how you love each other. That blows my mind. I don't quite get that yet, but I want to go on a journey where I can understand that more. That it's not about what I, quote unquote, achieve in this life. And that's not actually going to demonstrate God's love as much as how I would love you guys. How I would love friends who aren't here yet. How I, we would love each other. Particularly in the community and the church that we're in. Colossians 2 says, um, speaking of Jesus in verse 10, and our own completeness is now found in Him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. 
Friends, God loves you so much that you have access to an intimate relationship with Him. And that's the only relationship where we can find fullness in. That does not mean we neglect, like I've been speaking about, the communities we're in, the friendships we have, but we need to not approach those relationships like we're going to find fullness in it because we can only find it in Christ. The people around us, the friends that we have, help us step into that fullness. They help us step into that understanding. They help grow and shape us into being able to become more like Christ every day and and understand that fullness. But if you're looking at your friends, your community, this church, your church that you're visiting from, um, your family, your spouse, whatever it is, for fullness and for completion, you won't find it. You're only going to be disappointed. But as we look to Jesus... That's where we find our fullness in. That's how we need to approach church. If it's your first time here, you're so welcome. We have next steps coming up afterwards where you'll find out a bit more about C3. Encourage you to hang around for that or if you've never done it before. Um, But if you're looking for a perfect place where you would find, you would never get offended, don't come here, please. Or if you've been coming here for a while and you haven't had people problems or a bit of awkwardness take place, oh, don't you worry. Don't you worry. It's coming. It's coming because people are awkward. Community's awkward, but it's worth it. Amen? Let's dedicate ourselves to fellowship. Let's dedicate ourselves to being in a community that grows each other, that believes in each other, that forgives each other. And as we look out into the rest of this month of how we can do that more, I'm really excited to go on a journey where we become not just friendlier, but we become better at making friends. Would you stand with me in this place as we close tonight? I do want to pray for us before we before we go into the song. Um, Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.